Well, we finished up the um, study that we were doing on Reformed theology for the summer, which was a, a faith to die for, and that was a helpful study for me in going through that again. I hope it was for everyone else also. I think it's always good to be reminded of the fact that we believe certain doctrines, and the doctrines that we believe affect everything that we do. It makes a big difference in, in what we do and how we live. Now, I wanted to go for the next three weeks on uh, a few things that I've been thinking about recently. Uh, One one of my favorite passages in the Bible is the Sermon on the Mount, and I know last year when I was here I taught a few lessons on the Sermon on the Mount, but I've been studying that as well again and uh, going through a good bit of the Sermon on the Mount, so I wanted to cover a little bit of that at least over the next few weeks. And so I'll be looking at Matthew chapter 6 verses 19 to 24 this morning and we'll basically stay there. There are a couple of other passages that we'll reference but we'll look at Matthew chapter 6 and verses 19 through 20 here in just a few moments. Uh, the, the subject that Jesus is talking about here really in a lot of Matthew chapter 6 is money and finances and what we do with it and in fact how we worry about it sometimes and, and how we struggle with that. Now, I used to think when I was listening to, uh, when I would read the word rich or wealthy or something like that, I would read that in the Bible and think, well, that's talking about somebody else. I've since come to realize that so much, uh, at least of those people live in the United States, and certainly myself, are wealthier than most of the people in the rest of the world. And so all of this applies to me. It would be a lot of times that I would like to think, well, you know, that what Paul said here to these people, to the rich people, or what Jesus said, well, that doesn't have anything to do with me. Actually, it has a lot to do with me um, because uh, I have expendable income. We have different things that we can use money for. We're not like people in the rest of the world, so many other places where people... Uh, just barely have enough to live on. And a lot of the people that Jesus was talking to even, there would have been a lot of people there who just barely had enough to live on from day to day. But Jesus says a lot about money. He says that a lot in Luke, I think perhaps more in Luke than any other chapter, any other of the Gospels. He talks about money, but he specifically does here in Matthew chapter 6, in this passage I've been studying recently in verses 19 to 24. So we'll look at that in a few minutes. Well, when my wife and I were first married... We got a. I we got our first car. It's actually the first car I ever owned. It was a Volkswagen Dasher. I don't know how many of you know what a, a Volkswagen Dasher is. It's a little kind of a, a, a like a, it was like the Fox, which we had later, but it was a, a station wagon, and it was a, it was in pretty good shape when we got it. I got it from a friend of mine, and a pretty good deal on that. But uh, I decided I really wanted to fix this up. You know, I wanted to drive a nice car, and so. I put a lot of money into it, at least money for our budget. I think about it now, it's not tons of money, but it, for what we were making at the time, which is, when I think about that now, it's almost unbelievable what we could live on in a month. But what we were making it was a lot of money. So I had a, a paint job put on it. It wasn't the Starsky and Hutch paint job. It was just a normal paint job, but it, was, it cost some money. I replaced the carpet inside. I worked on it a lot, and I got it all fixed up. Uh, one morning, Dorian and I came out to the car to, on a Saturday. We were going to go out and get some breakfast. And the car was at, at our apartment building was up on the sidewalk just a little bit. Uh, the front wheels were. And there was a, a light post that was sort of coming out from underneath it at an angle. And the first thing that my wife said, we couldn't see anything else with the car. The first thing my wife said is, why did you park like that? <laughs> I said, I didn't park the car like that. <laughs> Something else happened. Well, 
as, as we went around the back of the car, we noticed the whole back of the car was smashed in. And apparently during the middle of the night, somebody had smashed in the car pretty hard, knocked it up on the sidewalk, and even sort of moved it over onto a lamppost. And so it was still drivable, but I had put all this money into this car um, so that I would be driving a pretty nice car, and now I was driving a junker which wasn't something that I was really thrilled with. We didn't have any insurance. Insurance wasn't required back then uh, for cars, so we didn't have anything that was going to cover the value of, of the car, so we just ended up uh, having to drive what we had, and since it would still drive, that's what we did. Now, I was angry and I was depressed at the very beginning because I put a lot into that. But the Lord used that and other situations since then to teach me that I need to have a different perspective on money because I was... I was putting too much time and energy and money into that, um, into a thing, into a temporal thing, and too much attention to that. And the Lord, Lord taught me through that that I need to put less attention into those kinds of things. Those aren't the things that really matter. And in fact, uh, we, we can put a lot of effort and attention into things that are just temporary and things don't matter as much as other things. And Jesus uh, tells us specifically in Matthew chapter 6... Uh, that we need to make sure that our focus is correct. So when it comes to those kinds of things, whether it's possessions or money or any of those things, we need to have a focus that is like a disciple of Jesus Christ. Now, he teaches three principles in this passage, and so I want to look at this passage, and we may not get to all those today, but we'll finish that up next week. He says in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. As I said, there are three principles here that you could probably find more, but there are really three things that Jesus points out here. If you look at the passage, there are three contrasts, either or is really, that Jesus gives in the passage. The first thing that he talks about is uh, not laying up treasures on, on earth, but in heaven. So he says you can lay up treasure on earth, or you can lay up treasure in heaven. Uh, the second thing that he says is you can have an eye that's good, or you can have an eye that's bad. And then the last thing he says is you can serve uh, this or you can serve that, God or money, but you can't serve both. So he gives these three contrasts, and that's where we'll find the principles as we look at this. Now, the first thing that he teaches, I think the first major principle Jesus teaches is this. Invest your life and resources in what has eternal value. So that's the first thing he's really teaching. Invest your life and your resources in things that will last, in things that have eternal value. Now, Jesus begins this with a kind of an interesting statement that you may not see in our English translation of the Bible. He says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. He actually uses the Greek word, the same Greek word twice, the, the root Greek word that means treasure. What he literally says here is don't treasure up treasure. So he uses exactly the same word, and he's trying to get people uh, to understand what he's saying. We can treasure a lot of things uh, he says, make sure the things you treasure are not your physical treasures, the things that you have, the things that we have in this life. Now, 
Uh, Jesus is not saying here that you shouldn't have a savings account necessarily or that uh, you shouldn't uh, own things, as we'll see as we go through a lot of this. He's not saying that. He's saying make sure those things are not your treasure. And actually, Jesus is referring to to stockpiling, uh, to people uh, having far more than they need. Uh, They have what they need. They're they're taken care of. They have enough for the future to take care of them, but they just keep stockpiling. They have way more. They become obsessed with things or become obsessed with money. In Luke chapter 12, Jesus gives a really good illustration of this, and he tells the parable of the rich fool. He says in in Luke 12 and verses 13 to 21, and just for part of it, it says, he told a parable saying, the land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. So Jesus paints this picture of this guy who is saying, I don't have any place to put all my stuff. I've got all of this grain, all of this corn. I don't have any place to put it. Now he did. We know that because it says he tore down his old, the other barns that he had, plural, and he built bigger ones. So he did, but the, the idea here is he's keeping all of this stuff and it's all for himself. He's stockpiling things for himself. His treasure is his things. And of course, that would have been a sign of wealth back then to have uh, barns that were full of, of all kinds of grain and that kind of thing. So this is a person who is, is stockpiling. He's, he has far more than he needs, and he's not interested in helping anybody else with it. Um, in fact, Jesus says at the end of the story, he said, so will anybody's life because the man dies that night. And he says, now what's going to happen to all that stuff? And he said, that's what it's like when you live just for yourself and money and the things that you can have and you're not rich toward God. So we can be rich toward God, we can be rich toward ourselves. That's what Jesus is talking about, and that's a really good illustration of that. Now, why should we not invest our lives in money in too much, or invest our lives in money in too much that doesn't matter? All of us have to invest in certain kinds of things that are temporary. We have to. We have to have houses, we have to have cars, we have jobs, things like that. We invest in, we all have things. But Jesus says... Don't, don't invest too much in that. Don't become obsessed with those things. And why is that? Two reasons. First, he gives both of these reasons in verses 20 to 21. First thing is, uh, the stuff of this earth doesn't last. The stuff of this earth just doesn't last. It's temporary. He says, uh, if you invest your, your money or your, your energy in things, first of all, he says, it corrodes. He says here, he gives an illustration of moths that that, uh, eat clothing or rust that corrodes things. Ultimately, things don't last. That's what he's saying. So if you invest your your money and your your energy into a bunch of things and stuff, ultimately it doesn't last. And then he says, thieves break through and steal. It gets stolen. And probably all of us have had some experience of people stealing, uh, stealing our things in some way or another. So he says, don't invest your, 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 all of your time and energy into those things or put most of your attention to those things because they don't last. They're temporary. We all know that. Or people take them. Uh, the fact is, houses burn down. And uh, when there's a downturn in the economy, stocks may become worthless. And some of us have perhaps experienced that. I know my parents did when, uh, in getting, when a lot of their retirement money was locked up in in some stocks and things like that, when there was a downturn in the economy a few years ago, they lost a lot of that. 
Um, and so we can try to be wise with things, but ultimately those things are temporary. They don't last. And even as uh, we saw here recently with the bankruptcy of the city of Detroit, there, there's some question about whether or not these pensions that people have are either going to be good or whether or not they're going to be able to have the money that they were planning for. So ultimately, Jesus is saying to the people there, and we have to apply that to ourselves too, that stuff just doesn't last. So don't give all of your time and energy, put all of that into things that just don't last. And of course, I learned that with my car. Things don't last. Ultimately, they don't. And eventually those uh, cars end up in junkyards and things like that. They just, nothing lasts forever. Those things, physical things, are just temporary. Now, the second thing that he says, and I think this is something that's meant to capture our attention, he says, your treasures will capture your heart. The things that you treasure, the, the most valuable, the things that you save up for yourself or hold for yourself, those things can capture your heart. Notice what he says. He says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So if you're putting all of your, if all of your treasure is in earthly things, in money and the houses and the stuff that we have, if that's the things most, that, that we spend most of our time with and most of our effort in, your heart's eventually going to go to that too. It will be drawn to those things. He says where your treasure is, that's where your heart is going to be. That means if we put all kinds of time and effort into things and money, that ends up becoming what's most important to us. And that's one of the dangers of that, one of the things that we have to be especially careful of. Now, we often, and I know I do this, we often deceive ourselves into thinking uh, that we can have every material thing we want and we're not going to let it affect us. But the fact is, Jesus actually says, you can't do that. It is going to affect you. The things that you treasure, the treasure you build up, is what your heart is going to be drawn to. I, I was reading a number of years ago uh, The uh, Cost of Discipleship by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. I don't know if you've read that. Uh, he, well, he was in prison, or this may have been before he went into prison uh, during Nazi Germany's rule. But uh, he wrote a chapter, The Cost of Discipleship, and talking about how we need to let go of the things that we have. <clears throat> and he said that some people, or very often, what we want to do is to have everything we want, try to have it all, and then have a sort of an inner spirit of detachment, he calls it, so that we can have everything we want and try to say it's not going to affect us, sort of be detached from it. But Jesus says that's really not possible. He says what you treasure, the physical things you treasure, are the things that are going to draw your heart to those things. So you need to be careful about that. Those things will become the things that you love. If you give most of your time and energy attention to things, those will be the things that end up drawing your heart. That's what you'll care about the most. That's what Jesus says. Your heart will be drawn to them. I was uh, listening to a sermon a number of years ago by John MacArthur, and uh, he's a pastor out in California. He was saying that at one point, I don't know if it was for a birthday or just a gift, somebody in his church decided to give him $500 worth of stock in a company. Now, he said there's nothing wrong with having stock, and other people in this church have stock, and that's fine. But he said he didn't buy it himself, but he got the stock. He said he found himself constantly checking the newspaper, looking and seeing whether the stock was going up and down, and looking at the stock market, and what was the Dow Jones, and all that stuff. He finally said he just had to get rid of it. He gave it to somebody else. He didn't want it anymore. sold it. Because he didn't want it. It was, it was becoming something that, even though he hadn't bought it, he hadn't really made an investment in it, it began to be something that was in his mind all the time. He just didn't want to be thinking about that. Now, that's not to say that you can't do that. People can 
can wisely invest in stocks and things like that, and they don't, those things don't control them. But that was just an example that he gave. He said, I, I couldn't do that, so I just I got rid of it because I didn't want all my focus to be on those things. He wanted his focus to be more on spiritual things. And so um, he said, I'm just not going to do that. And I think Jesus is teaching that too, that we can become obsessed with things. We don't have to, when we have money and things, become obsessed with those. But we can, and especially as we begin to gain more and more and more, we have to be careful about that. So, what does Jesus say? He doesn't just say, don't lay up treasure on earth. He tells us what we should do as well, and that's a positive. He says that in verse 20. He says, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. He he says, with moths do not corrupt, thieves do not break in and steal. And it does not corrode. It doesn't, and nothing happens to it. In other words, um, it is eternal, and it's of eternal value. So in verse 20, it says, lay up treasure in heaven. So rather than putting your, all of your time and energy and effort into <coughs> investing in material things here, lay up treasure in heaven. Because those things do not, do not fade. They don't pass away. They last forever. Now, how do you do that? Because Jesus doesn't specifically say that. There are other places in the Bible that let us know some of those things, and I think there are several applications. I think this begins with bowing to Jesus Christ as the Lord of our lives, trusting him alone for salvation, uh, trusting him alone, his death on the cross, to save us. Now, why do I say that? Because our souls are eternal. We will live forever. Our souls are eternal. And so if we're not forgiven of our sin if we're not made right with God, if we're not justified before God, then we're going to end up spending an eternity in hell, in judgment. And that's not something that we want to do. So what is the wise thing to do? Well, the wise thing to do is to repent of our sins and turn to Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus says in Mark 8:36, what is it going to profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his own soul? Because your soul is eternal. So it may sound kind of odd in some ways, but the first way that you invest in what's eternal is by giving your life to Jesus Christ and trusting him for salvation. That's the first eternal investment that you make. Um, And that's what's most important. That continues, I think, and I would say a second way that we invest in what is eternal, it continues as we share the gospel with others. Because other people can, if we invest our lives in giving the gospel to other people, what's that going to do for them? Will that help them eternally? It will, because they are people who will live forever somewhere. They are people who have eternal souls, and they'll live forever. So if a, if a person responds to the gospel of Jesus Christ, and they give their heart to Jesus Christ, they trust him, then that's something we'll see in eternity. That's something they'll never lose. It's something that we'll see in eternity. That's an eternal investment. And that's why one of my favorite uh, people... Uh, Jim Elliott, who was a missionary to the Aka Indians and really gave his life to reach the Aka Indians, uh, gave this famous quote of his when he said, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep, that is your life, for what you cannot lose. That is eternal reward in heaven. So uh, if we understand that, if we understand that people are eternal, that they'll live forever somewhere, then that should motivate us to say, I want to invest myself in the lives of other people. And that doesn't mean we're all missionaries or we're all pastors, we're all preachers or uh, ministry kind of people, but it does mean that when we see people, 
whether it's people that we work with or people in our neighborhood, we're going to have a different focus. We're going to look at those people and say, those are people who are going to spend eternity somewhere. What am I doing about that? Am I, am I doing anything to, to encourage them to trust in Jesus Christ? Because that is ultimately what's of eternal value. Your, your neighborhood's not going to last. It'll be, as, as Peter says, it's going to ultimately melt with fervent heat. Everything will be destroyed one day. Your neighbors will last forever. So are we concerned about them? Are we concerned and are we sharing the gospel with them? But then Paul tells us something else, um, another way that we can invest or make internal investments, that is invest our, our money and our time and our resources in what's most important. Paul says this in 1 Timothy 6, 17 and 18. <clears throat> he st- starts off, as for the rich in this present age, which uh, I think is most of us, probably, because we are very wealthy, um, especially in America, uh, and it, it also tells us that it's not wrong to be wealthy, it's not wrong to have an ability to make money, because there are people that, that have the ability to do that. God's given them the ability to make money and to do very well. But what he's saying is, as for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty or proud or to set their hope on the uncertainty of riches, which Jesus has emphasized, they're all uncertain, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. Then he says in verse 18, they are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and to be ready to share. So what should we do? What, what is the way that we can, can make eternal investments? What is the way that we can... Uh, make sure that our lives aren't given to just physical things and money, but given to God. Well, we can take what God gives us, and Paul says we can be rich in good deeds. We can be rich in generosity uh, towards other people. It may be people in the church that have certain needs. It may be supporting missionaries. It may be uh, giving that, that supports the pastor, uh, the, the pastors of the church, because all of that is making an inter- eternal investment in things that last and things that will count forever or for eternity. And so those are things. Those, that's the way that we can invest is by being rich in good deeds, which means when we have those things, then we can give those things to other people. Uh, one of the most remarkable stories that I ever read was this book, God's Smuggler, by Brother Andrew. And if you read the whole book, it's, uh, it's a fascinating story. Chip talked about miracles this morning and some very, very interesting things that happened in that book while he was serving God. But one of the things that uh, really struck me one time is there was a man that he met when he was in uh, college, I believe it was in, in London or in Scotland. There was a man that he met that he actually lived with for a couple of years who was a contractor, and this contractor decided years before, the building contractor, that he was going to give 90% of his money to God and live on 10% of it. Now, when I think about that, I think, wow, I don't even that's possible. Can I actually do something like that? But that's what he wanted to do. Now, that was one of the ways. Uh, he made a lot of money. He, he had, was very good at his job, but he just kept giving it away. Well, he was, like Paul said, he was rich in good deeds. Um, see, he wasn't just hanging on to things. He was he saw the things that God gave him were to help other people. And so he was doing that and spending his time doing that. And according to, to Jesus, if we could jump forward to Matthew 25, all of those things that we do for other people are things that ultimately we'll be rewarded for. So th- there are a number of people in this parable Jesus tells in Matthew 25 that come up to Jesus in the end, and Jesus says, I was, I was naked, and you didn't give me anything to eat 
uh, or I was naked, you didn't give me clothing. I was hungry, you didn't give me anything to eat. I was thirsty, you didn't give me anything to drink. And there were a bunch of people who said, when did we see you like that? And Jesus said, when you saw the least of these people like that, the least of my brothers, you, you should have seen me there. And then there are other people um, that Jesus talked to and said, when you saw me, uh, you helped me. When you saw me naked and needing clothing and food and water, you helped me. And they, the righteous, these people say to him, well, when did we see you in that condition? And the, Jesus said, when you helped others, the least of these brothers of mine, then you did it to me. You did it for me. And that's really the way that we invest in other people's lives. And that's one of the things that I've had to learn as well. If I want to invest in eternal things, then I need to invest what I have in other people's lives and uh, give to others. So if there's those who are in need and those who need help uh, and in supporting the work of the church and the ministries of the church around the world, those are the things that are really eternal. Those are the things that really won't be forgotten by God. And those are the things uh, that really matter. So as we think about that principle, and I think I'll cl- close here and we'll look at the other two next week, um, we ought to ask ourselves the question, um, am I making eternal investments? Am I putting most of my time and energy um, and even uh, putting much of my money into those things which are really going to last, those things which count the most? I often have to look at my own life, and, and I'm not sure that I always do. And I'm not satisfied that I always do. But I want to. I want my treasure to be in heaven. I don't want my treasure to be something that's on earth. Those, those things won't last, but I want a, my treasure to be in those things that last forever and those things that matter. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the things that you teach us. And thank you, too, for reminding us of the fact that all the things you've given to us um, are not just for us. Uh, those are uh, for the benefit of other people as well. And all of us have opportunities uh, to use the time that we have either to invest in other people's lives or the money that we have to invest in other people's lives and in the life of your work around the world. I pray that you would help us to do that and be reminded of that. And if we already are, help us to be encouraged by that. And help us to constantly seek ways to invest what we have in eternal things and not things here on earth. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen.